Welcome to the Healing the City podcast. In this episode, Adrian Crawford talks with Julie Brunson about shame and its impact on our life. Since we're talking about shame, I've been reading the book that Eric had suggested to many people. I'm sure it's sitting around your house somewhere. The Soul of Shame. Have you seen this? No. Oh, okay. So it's um, by this Dr. Kurt Thompson, and he's along the lines with a lot of the new, well, it's not really new, it's just popular right now, research on on um, our minds, and I mean, without going into it, it's a, it's a really good book. But the thing that I'm wondering, as you are a minister and as you believe um, rightfully so about shame and about how we can't over, we can't deal with it in hiding that we, that it has to, that the exposure of it is the healing of it. What is it like, or what, I'm not even sure how to write, say the question, but basically the idea is, is there, do we, can we share too much? Yes. I, I, I think there are times, and, and certainly, the, I mean, this is sort of a documented thing in like, sort of the experience of, of uh, my understanding is more about women who have been sexually abused, is that there, and I, and in my own experience, that there, there are periods of time where I'm just like throwing it out there, and it isn't an invitation to wrestle with me. It, it's a it's sort of a a shield it's a throwing everything out and it's mm-hmm. a are you going to receive or reject me mm-hmm. that and and i did that a lot mm-hmm. and again jesus works <laughs> and that that's part of you know i can look back on that part of my ministry and think and feel ashamed mm-hmm. that i that i did that the reality is that that was a stage in my process and mm-hmm. that God worked through it and 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 so now as I work with other people um, I can kind of see that sometimes but there's there's an element of throwing our our experience that includes our like the things that we have the ways that we have sinned against others and the ways that we've been sinned against and we throw it all out as a shield Mm-hmm. And that's not really turning toward God with mm-hmm. it. That's mm-hmm. not really actually even offering ourselves. Um, as a minister, when someone does that, I mean, there's a there can be a temptation, or or and I I believe we're all ministers. So so at whatever level you are, your friend might do that, and you're like do too much, you know, back off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there are ways of shame that, that can shame that person that ca- can cause that person to retract mm-hmm. and and not be available for a more healing way of, of dealing with things. Like, I, th- I think the optimum is kind of when we get to a place where we, we – we can recognize people who are actually close enough in our community that are good places to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
the difficulty is that sometimes in order to minister to someone who's at that place in their struggle, Mm -hmm. you have to wade through some of the oversharing in order to invite them into a place of understanding that they don't have to expose everything of who they are Mm -hmm. in order to determine whether you're going to accept them. I think also like a, a big part of ministry and dealing with people's shame is is just not going away Mm. is is and it's one of the reasons that i resonate with the village's idea of being monastic Uh, it's not so i mean there are rhythms that we do that are that are more monastic but the thing that i see in monasticism is just like we're here Mm -hmm. and and i think when people throw things out at you and then you react whatever you do, sinfully or not. Like like sometimes people do that and you like shut them out. And, mm-hmm. But if you stay and you're still willing to engage w- with that person to acknowledge places where maybe you shut the boundary too close or, you know, I mean, to acknowledge your own peace, mm-hmm. which is leading in weakness. Right. It's saying you threw all this stuff out at me. Mm-hmm. And I closed everything off, and that was not right. Sure. Um, but also, that was an invasion of my me as well when you threw too much at mm-hmm. me. So maybe we can find a boundary. But you don't get to that conversation unless you stay. Right. And people may run away, mm-hmm. and it, and that's that's a choice that they can make. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be effective in helping people move out of shame, it's going to require that you acknowledge your own sinfulness in the way that you've dealt with their shame, Mm -hmm. that you don't run away, Mm -hmm. and that you actually even somewhat pursue, although I don't think, I think there are boundaries to how much you pursue in that as well, because because also what you're saying is that there is too much to say sometimes. Right. And and that actually is can be re-traumatizing for the person who is throwing out too much. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a lot of different things. And I, again, we start to like start to f- try to figure out, well, what's the right way to do it? Right. Can we create a can rule we, book? Yeah, exactly. And I, what I like a big part of leading in weakness for me is saying there's not a right way to do this. Mm-hmm. There are better ways. And, and I don't mean we shouldn't try to figure out, you know, what are good ways of engaging people. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the whole formation of the village and the ongoing formation of the village is about what it looks like to engage in ways that are in keeping with the gospel and that recognize the changing world and, and, the experiences of people. So, but at the same time, if our mission is to be right, then we have lost the mission of the gospel Mm -hmm. because the mission of the gospel is to be present. Mm -hmm. It is compassion. It is being alongside someone in suffering and and to suffer alongside that person. And and our suffering has to do with our recognition of our own weakness mm-hmm. as we try to walk alongside people. Yeah. 
which is hard, right? I mean, I feel like there are some people and stories and situations when I can say, yeah, I've, I'm a, I, I can walk alongside that and, and I don't have to be right. I can listen. And then there are other stories and situations where I want to be right, <laughs> right? Right. And that's, and again, it's being willing to acknowledge and apologize when we're doing that. But it's, I mean, this, this the long walk of suffering is hard. Yeah, yeah. And again, the hard, part of the hard thing is that deep within us we want to be god Mm. we want to be right we want to be the perfect one Mm -hmm. and there are different ways of reacting to recognizing that you're not the perfect one yeah some people react by retreating and hiding because they're not the perfect one and they'll let those other people that seem more perfect do stuff right and then other people respond by trying harder and and a lot of times those people are perceived to be the effective the leaders the you know they're like closer to achieving perfection mm-hmm. because they're trying harder mm-hmm. and what G, what the gospel the way the gospel breaks on that is it's not about power mm. is that it's not about you trying to be perfect it's about you submitting to the reality that we need grace Mm -hmm. and and then living out of that that grace Mm -hmm. so that's where like in in my struggles where sometimes i am incapacitated by my anxiety or um by whatever thing i'm working on in my trauma therapy uh, by my arthritis, like like there are different times when I'm incapacitated, and so I end up thinking, well, that's when I like that's when I don't have anything to offer. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that there that the people who are hiding in their incapacity um, and unwilling to try because they know they're not perfect that that's when actually I am available to those people in a way that is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Is that when I can acknowledge, I mean, one of the people that was in one of the groups that I've done, the thing that ministered the most to her when was when I said, I can't always answer texts sometimes I'm so incapacitated when I get a phone call or a text that like my anxiety overwhelms and I can't respond Mm -hmm. and I just want you to know that it's not because I don't care about you but it's that sometimes I'm so incapacitated that I can't respond Mm -hmm. and and to her that was like freedom Mm -hmm. that was like she was like really like you know and mentioned it multiple times that, that that was a point where she recognized that just because she couldn't respond to a text didn't mean that she couldn't be in relationship or minister or like it it was it was a place of freedom. Mm-hmm. Not the point where I was like, well, I've learned how to suck it up and just always text back, which I've been trying so hard in my life to be able to just make phone calls and do those things. And sometimes I 
like I am incapacitated. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I cannot do it. And so for me to acknowledge that to people at some level is a cop out, right? It's like, well, you know, I mean, just do it, right? But for people who can't or who are struggling with that same kind of weakness, mm-hmm. it, it's freedom, mm-hmm. right? At, that's, bringing, that's bringing an antidote to their shame. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the idea of ministering in weakness as opposed to leading in strength, which I think are sort of the two different ways of looking at it, it 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 opens up a whole realm of the body that is needed mm-hmm. in our communities. Mm-hmm. When I look at the, some of the people in our communities who, you know, and I, I know a lot more stories of people in our community because of just having met with different people and 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 helped them find the gospel in their stories over the last however many years mm-hmm. uh, 18 are we at I think you know and when I look at how our our community functions it's it's a lot of times those people who I know are struggling to show up mm-hmm. you know even Eric you know like who I know sometimes is struggling Mm-hmm. to show to show up and be there or rod and the different kinds of anxieties and the different kinds of shame uh, or mark, you know, just knowing a lot about their stories and the kinds of things that they struggle with. If we just ignore those things, then we're missing parts of the body that are essential mm-hmm. to like what God is doing in our community and I think each community is that way and I think there are a lot of communities that don't address shame in this way that miss out on some of the people who are meant to be functioning in the body but they don't look like leaders mm. mm-hmm. you know they don't yeah. have that they don't believe that they have those things to offer because there's not a context for it sure or they're not allowed to or they're not allowed to mm-hmm. so as you think about the gospel about scriptures um is there a story in one of the gospels that you love that you'd be willing to share and why you love it um so since i've been on medication and have dealt a lot more with a lot of my um trauma and become more functional, my tendency is to move toward over-ministry, especially mm-hmm. when I'm more on the manic side of my bipolar. Um, and I begin to think of myself as a tool for ministry and not really a person. I begin to just think of myself as like, this is just what I'm supposed to do uh, and I don't really have value. I'm just that, like, I just do this stuff and people appreciate it. Um, and in uh, one of our small groups, we people helped unpack that for me in the hot seat model that we do, which is a whole nother series of podcast, a, a, a podcast in and of itself, right. perhaps. <laughs> 
Totally. <laughs> my favorite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we that the community of people cl- there really helped me to unpack what God really sees in me and the value that God has placed in me. And the next week, I. Um, came to uh, the story of, of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And it really struck me because um, the beginning of the story says he, he knew he was from the Father and that the Father had placed all things under him. Mm-hmm. And that he was returning to the Father. So he had this full sense, Jesus had this full sense of who he was, like, in power and and the full measure of being God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, out of that place, he took off his outer garments and he began to wash his disciples' feet. Hmm. And so... It's not, and and what God, what what God communicated to me in that was that I wasn't just a tool; I was mm-hmm. a, a valuable servant, like my brother Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so there's this sense of, like, when we minister out of weakness, it's not because we're useless. And so, you know, we're not the rag that Jesus uses to wipe the feet, mm-hmm. which is kind of the identity that I had taken on. Mm-hmm. We're like his his brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and um, and and we're ministering in the way that he did, knowing that God values who we are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think that's probably the passage that resonates the most, at, particularly in this. Uh, Context and then the whole book of Second Corinthians is just a lot for me. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts or ideas that you didn't share yet in this episode that you had in your brain? I, um, I, I think just I have a lot of gratitude mm-hmm. for the people at the village. Um, Particularly Eric and Sue, who, you know, obviously since we live together, they have ministered and and shored up places of weakness more mm-hmm. uh, than their fair share, I guess. <laughs> but just thinking about other people, I mean, I, I, a strong memory is of um, when my son Jesse was... I, I don't even remember the age because I was in a pretty deep depression and um, and Emily McConnell um, said, well, we'll just host a birthday party So because I, I just didn't have the wherewithal to get his birthday stuff together. And so she just made a birthday party happen for my son at a time you know, which his best friend, you know, his closest friends were her sons. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the people in her neighborhood. So it was not obvious, I don't think, to him that that was a, a failing on my part. But mm-hmm. it was um, just a moment where someone offered something that 
I should have been able to do right in the mm. in the scheme of things. Um, and so I just think like looking at those small things that you have to offer in the context of community where you can where you can see that someone is struggling and just offer something. Mm-hmm. And I think too, to be willing to receive those. Yeah. Because those are places where God is doing things in you and probably in the other person that are mm-hmm. really beautiful and and it weaves into the kind of story of um, communion in the context of community that is is what shines in the world. Yeah. Well, if I could imagine, what if you had put it together? What if you had just like sucked it up and, and put the birthday party together? It wouldn't have the richness and the and the power of, of relationship and, and of that ministering weakness, right? Or that coming alongside one another. It's, it is really powerful and it is something that is to celebrate. And this was like, you know, 15 years ago or something. So right. obviously it, it had, had an, impact. an impact on me mm-hmm. that was really, yeah, that connected me to yeah. like, it, it was a place of being connected or, you know, Karen used to just come practice piano. Karen Bradley then, Lefevre now, used to just come practice piano at our house mm-hmm. when I was struggling. And, and it was a gift to me. The music, she knew the music was mm-hmm. part of what ministered to me in depression. And she just would come over and play, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, those kinds of things are, it's exposing mm-hmm. to receive it. Right. But also beautiful if you're able to. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the invitation for all of us is to accept people's offers when they offer to host birthday parties or play music they don't need to practice <laughs> yeah, or whatever right. it is, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it is, we, we don't have to do it all. We can say that would be great. I would yeah. really appreciate it. Right. Mm. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing some of your story means Thanks. a lot to me and um yeah this was not I'm, not as worthy of the anxiety i had before <laughs> oh good i'll can have you back then <laughs> yes <laughs> all, right. Mm-hmm. all right thank you so you've been listening to healing the city podcast with adrian crawford don't forget to subscribe on itunes and spotify and follow us on facebook and instagram